Hi, welcome to Save Your Sorry, where we talk about the rise and fall of some of your favorite or least favorite celebrities. I'm your host, Jose. Um, joining me is my co-host, Katrina Rochelle. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> that threw me off. Um, this is episode five. We made it to episode five. After uh, that, after yes. that, hello. I don't know if we'll make it to episode six. <laughs> Hopefully. I'm not going to lie. Besides even numbers, my favorite numbers are the ones that end in five. Oh. That sounds weird, but I, I like that. So let's see next week if we return. Um, so I'm going to hate episode seven. <laughs> that shit is terrible. So who are we talking about today, Katrina? All right. So today we are talking about Tory Lanez. Uh, so I figure most people know who he is, but if you do not, Tory Lanez is a singer-songwriter, rapper, and producer. Um, now, what he used to be known for is his music, but in recent years, it's more about the scandals, the accusations, and above all else, the shooting, which of course, we're going to get into that later. But let's uh, talk a little bit about him. Um, Jose, do you know who Tory Lanez is? Have you, do you listen to him? No, I've not heard any of his music. I, like you said, heard about him because of the shooting. But other than that, I never heard of him. I can't believe you really. Well, it's not hard to believe. It's not like he's famous, famous. It's like, I guess sometimes when you listen to a musician, even if they're big or small, you always expect uh, everybody to know. So Tory Lanez, he is talented, confident, and is outspoken when it comes to his self and his character. And the thing is, when you're in the entertainment industry, those are the traits that you want. That's what you want to be associated with. You want to be associated with having uh, a great skill set, being a hard worker, being talented, being confident in yourself. Because, you know, even though people are singers, actors, and all these people out here, they don't got none of that. (laughs) Yeah. Not all. I mean, not none of that, but a lot of them don't have all of that. It's a very facade. So um, with Tori, in some cases, him having those great skills that we talk about, it does lead to some trouble or some controversies. In his case, it's led to some beefs. Uh, I would say a couple lost opportunities. And as well as him getting respect from his peers and his fans, it's also led to a few disrespectful situations and unnecessary situations that if he was thinking more clearly, I think he wouldn't have found himself in. Is he so, just coming off as cocky? Um, so that's the thing. I was watching interviews and videos of Tory Lanez from like when he first started. I guess you would say two, not when he first started, but I guess when he first started doing interviews, 2011 to now. And he carries himself the same but what is different is the look as you see in the 2011 videos he's still very confident he speaks very clearly he has his help up but he's not of that status yet so he's not wearing the blinged out jewelry the designer clothes but you can tell he wants to be in this uh industry he wants to rap and he's confident in himself and then now when you watch video videos of him it's that same kind of um confidence but it's you got the money to to style yourself out <laughs> okay so uh before we kind of get into more of his present situations and you know mouth off and give our opinions you know we'd love to do that uh we're going to basically talk about how he came to be so um 
Tory Lanez is not Tory Lanez, like most people in this industry. Uh, he was born Daystar Peterson. Oh, um, that's a better name. I do like the name Daystar. And what I really love is his father's name. Um, his father's name is Sunstar Peterson. Um, he was from the Barbados. And his mother is Luella Peterson. She was from Curacao or Curacao. I never know which way to say it. So I'm going to say it both ways and hope one of them is correct. <laughs> yeah, I never heard of that. Yeah, uh, he I don't know exactly. See, that's when you got to be more educated. And I thought about looking it up and I was like, well, maybe I'll go too <laughs> deep into it. But he said that his mother was Dutch. OK, they were missionary preachers. The family was based in Montreal, Canada, but because of the job and the requirements, they did move around a lot in North America. So they did move to places like Toronto and Miami and ATL during Tori's childhood. Um, unfortunately, the way that Tori ended up getting into music is kind of a sad story. So um, him and his family had moved to Miami from Montreal, Canada. And when he was 11 years old, his mother unfortunately passed away to a rare disease, anemia. Uh, anemia, it was like complications from it. Okay. Um, he said basically once his mother passed, he was kind of, you know, directionalist, aimless, you know, angry. Yeah. And stuff like that, getting in trouble. And, and you said how old was he? He was 11. Like he literally. Yeah, such a young age. Yes. Uh, losing, losing a parent at any age is honestly very hard and it's very, it's, it, it's not, I wouldn't say it's like a scar, but it's something that you'll never forget. But when it happens at a young age, it's hard to cope with because you use your parents to guide you through this world. And that's the person that's left. So he said he looked out to music and used that as an outlet. Uh, he kind of stated that it was therapeutic for him. But um, even though it was therapeutic and he did use music as an outlet, it kind of didn't stop him from getting in trouble as a child, as a teenager. Uh, so when they uh, his mother passed, eventually his father remarries. This is when him and his uh, his family moves to ATL. OK, so there that is when uh, Daystar was given the nickname Lanes. He had a friend named Hakeem and he gave him the nickname Lanes because uh, apparently he was a thrill seeker. He said he was always in the streets. He was always, I guess, uh, playing that game like chicken. You know, you stay out and uh, oh. <laughs> see how long you'll stay in the street until a car comes. That yeah. type of stuff. So that's how he got the nickname Lanes. Okay. So a little of a daredevil. Yeah. I, couldn't be me. I, I ain't trying to get hit. <laughs> no. I, that's I, a lie. <laughs> I do be, I be do walking down the street sometimes. And when a car is too fast, I'm like, I wish you would hit me. But you ain't supposed to do that. <laughs> I think everyone gets that feeling of, oh, I'm going to get that insurance money. I just be like, I'm going to just put a hell of a dent in that car. <laughs> I wish you would. I hope it's new. <laughs> so anyway, um, as he's growing up, he's uh, getting more into music, mastering his craft. But I'm, as I can imagine... Um, he's still going through things internally and emotionally. He's still a child. He still only has one parent. Um, he ends up being sent to live with his cousin in New York for some time. Um, for some reason, that didn't work out. Uh, then him and his family ended up going back to Toronto with his grandmother. 
So from what I read in an interview with um, not only Hard Knocks, but I also got from uh, The Guardian is that he had stayed with his mother like a summer before or a short time beforehand. And he was off the wall. He said his grandmother. Yeah, his grandmother in Canada, Toronto, Canada. Okay. One of like where he grew up. And he said apparently during that time he was off the wall and real disrespectful to her and stuff like that. So then when him and his family come back from uh, uh, New York or ATL and come to Toronto to stay with her, she says, well, you guys can stay with me, but he can't stay with me. Oh, wow. And he's still a minor at this point. Yes. I think he said he was 14 at this time. So he's 14 years old. He has no place to live. Um, He said because she decided to kick him out, he ended up meeting with some guys that he didn't really know. I guess the story was that they knew each other from uh, their childhood, but he didn't remember them because he's been like a few places, you know. Yeah, they moved around a lot. Exactly. So his parents were just were his dad and I guess stepmom were just like, okay, he has to leave. Yeah, because apparently it wasn't a short it. It was like, a. Sh- I guess he was so off the walls. I guess they just didn't want to do him. Because the thing is, he doesn't he doesn't mention not having a good relationship with his family. The only person he said he had negative feelings for was his stepmother. Oh. So what I could imagine is maybe if that relationship wasn't so tight, of course, he wasn't living back with his parents. If they were only staying with his grandmother for a short time, maybe they went back to Atlanta. Because if they're missionary preachers, I can imagine if they're just traveling all all around the place they were probably only in canada for a minute they wanted him to stay and then when she didn't do it they were like well i guess we figure it out which is kind of messed up i mean that's messed up like if he's 14 years old and i i don't know the whole situation of what went down because he really doesn't he just says that his grandmother didn't like didn't let him leave and so he he left on his own he was homeless yeah that's just horrible i i get teenagers act out and I just couldn't imagine growing out a 14-year-old. He met, like, uh, I think he said three or four guys. They didn't really know each other that well. Now he's around 15. Uh, He said because of the situation where it's like you can't let no one punk you, you got to show them that you're a man, that you'll fight. When he found himself in situations where somebody would touch his stuff or somebody would do this and mess with him, he had to fight all the time. So he said that's how he learned how to be a man. That's how he learned how to... I guess, um, stay strong in that situation because he was homeless. He, he was in this situation where he, he never had these type of things to deal with. Like, I guess, uh, paying bills, a cost of living, living with people you don't know, which I can't, I couldn't, I could not imagine being on my own at 15. Like I've been through some things and I've gotten through some things, but having to honestly only depend on yourself and having to support yourself at 15 is that would be very hard yeah that's scary for anybody honestly i couldn't do it but um he said uh during this time his teenage years before he fully committed to getting into the the rap game the industry whatever you want to call it he worked a few regular boring minimum wage jobs uh he kind of listed that uh mcdonald's burger king he said he worked at like an 84 cent or 87 cent store and i know that had to be a canada thing because we we wouldn't dare have something like that (laughs) no uh and he said denny's um 
he uh, said this on Montreality. It was a video I watched on YouTube. He said that after he got fired from Denny's, that's when he decided to put his all into becoming a rapper. Um, he then came up with the name Notorious. He said he told the kids or I guess his friends in the neighborhood told everybody he wanted them to call him Notorious, you know, Notorious B.I.G. Yeah. And we know Tory Lanez at this point before he becomes Tory Lanez. He's short. So I guess the people wasn't feeling that. He said that they was not going to call him that. And they ended <laughs> up shorting it. And that's where he got Tory from. So I kind of like that. In short, anyway, you might as well chop that name in half. <laughs> might as well. Um, do you know how tall he is? Well, allegedly, he was 5'3", but I don't believe that. He says he's 5'7". Oh. Yeah, 5'3". I don't think he's that short. I mean, I've seen a few pictures of him. He doesn't look extremely short. Yeah, 5'3 is what uh, everybody was clowning him on when the, I guess, the mugshot slash police report thing came out because that's what his height was listed as. <laughs> so maybe he is. But <laughs> what? I'm trying to th- the thing is, we say these numbers, and I don't, I mean, yeah, at least you're five foot. You hit it. I- <laughs> People don't even get five no more. I mean, you know, I don't. Even, you, you know, we know a couple of fours. I, Jose. I don't think I do. I mean, I don't mean to laugh. Like, if you're short, you're short. But we don't just, know a four is not. Oh, girl, not a four. I mean, we don't know a man who's a four. Okay, there you go. We'll say that. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'm sorry. We got sidetracked. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So yeah, they um. He said notorious. They said nah, Tory. So then he became Tory Lanes. So we were fast forward a little bit. Tory's uh. 1819 the girl one of the uh actually surprising things I actually found out about this uh, before I even get into this is that even though Tory raps he really became popular when he started singing a lot more and he isn't even vocally trained he said that he just started singing at 17 years old just because he just wanted to and then just trained himself yeah um like I, I said, not. I don't. I never heard his music, but for some reason, I thought he was a singer. Like when you said rapper, it kind of threw me off. Dang, I wish you had heard him because I mean, he. I wouldn't say he ain't got no. Uh, who's a good? Yeah, he, he he does have a Chris Brown voice, but he has a very decent voice for somebody who wasn't like naturally born with that. And I I've, I've never known anybody who who actually taught themselves how to sing, like in key, those key and melody things people be talking about. I'd be nodding my head, but I don't know what that shit means. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, you sang good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so now he's 18, 19, uh, and he's doing everything to get noticed. He uh, stated that he knew this guy who had this recording room or something, and he said he slept on the, the floor for a week. So he's in the studio. Uh, this is when YouTube was popular, so he's uploading videos and freestyles on YouTube. Uh, what ends up being a turning point for him in that that uh regard is that he posts a freestyle to this song called beamer bins and bentley i know you don't even know it i, I do know that song you do it was i ter- do that's a terrible song i hate that you know the terrible it, song it's it's catchy <sighs> anyway <laughs> <laughs> it's ca- no it's not it's terrible okay but- <laughs> i'm talking shit i ain't heard the song in a decade <laughs> So he posts this freestyle to the Beamer Benz and Bentley uh, beat. And so apparently it's seen by Sean Kingston. Now, here's where we kind of get a little fuzzy. 
I saw one interview with um, Hard Knocks TV and then one interview with the Montreality. So in both of the interviews, he says that Sean Kingston is the one who discovered him and found him. But in the Hard Knocks, when he mentions, no, no, not the Hard Knocks one. Um, but he basically mentions in one of those interviews that Justin Bieber had also noticed him but because he was so young I guess 16 years old he couldn't do anything but I just thought that was weird like do you I I don't I don't see who was 16 Justin Bieber Justin Bieber apparently in a way discovered Tory Lanez on YouTube but he was 16 so he couldn't do anything about it Sean Kingston sees him on YouTube and then decides to meet with them they do business together and then he gets signed no, I, I could well, I, see that. I mean, Justin's been trying to do R and B now. But it's like, was six was Justin Bieber really at sixteen years old trolling for? Oh yeah, I got to sign some new talent. Well, that's how Justin was discovered, wasn't it? Am I thinking right? That is true. I won't lie. But so, yes, he was discovered on YouTube. I mean, I don't really know that much about Justin Bieber either, but I I, I could see it. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was weird that. Uh, I, I didn't. I, I just didn't see <laughs> Justin Bieber get because the thing is now they're both kind of famous. Besides this whole big incident at the end, I've never even seen them uh, take a picture together. But whatever. Uh, so <laughs> he signs Tory, and that's where Tory releases some of his first uh, successful mixtapes. Mix so um, I didn't really wanted to deep dive into his music. It's not really even about that. So I'm going to skip a lot of that stuff uh, about his releases and the successfulness and all that. Cause we, we know he was successful. We know he popped off. Uh, it's about everything that happened afterwards. <laughs> okay. So um, now that we did, you know, his history and all, we're going to move into the popularity, um, the respect and the disrespect. So I will say this. The first song that most people heard Tory Lanez, if you're just a regular radio listener, was the song Say It, where he samples um, the Brownstone If You Love Me song, which is a fantastic song, one of my favorite songs. But uh, I didn't know that his first, I guess, bigger hit, well, it wasn't a bigger hit. His first big hit before Say It was Love, like, you know, spelled L-U-V. And I- I just wanted to mention this because it was one of those songs that you hear in retail stores. And so it was terrible. And I just wanted to notice that I think that was a hit before say it because they just put it on in all the Walmarts and drove people crazy. That's the only reason I wanted to mention it. (laughs) So as he's releasing more music, Tori was very confident in his talent and his skills. And he was constantly adding on to the things he could do. Like he said, um, when he started singing at 17, uh, and releasing his music, he was gaining more popularity. His mixtapes got more attention. He wanted to be credited as not only a good and great singer, he wanted to be noticed and recognized as a great lyricist. He was uh, putting out uh, challenges, battles, saying he would go one-on-one, toe-to-toe with any rapper, anybody who wanted to battle him, stuff like that. And um, at first, I was going to write more about like that type of subject, but it was... Uh, very well received. He kind of got into a war award, war of words with a rapper named Joyner Lucas. But after they dissed each other, they kind of just came together and then they worked together on their own remix. So it's like Tori had a way of, okay, it seems like I'm giving you disrespect, but really, I just want you to give 
me respect and then we'll respect each other and come together. And I did appreciate things like that because what you see a lot is uh, rappers being passive in a way that they're just going to be passive aggressive to people and not really say uh, if they have an issue, if they don't have an issue, they, they, they write on social media. At least Tori was like, if I got a problem with you, I'm about to put it on these bars. I want you to come out with me with bars and then we'll, we'll solve it together. That's kind of how he was uh, dead in his beefs, which I appreciated. Yeah, I also see rap beefs as publicity for most rappers, though. I think yeah. a lot of them, that's how they use it. And I said the beefs as a counterpoint because I that's what I think. I don't think Tori was really serious about any of the things he got into. I think it was all a marketing tool. And it actually really worked because it just brought more attention to his songs and his talent. And you... You got to give somebody kudos who knows how to market themselves and how to get the word out about, hey, if you ain't going to say, if you're not going to promote my talent, I'm going to promote my talent. Yeah. I mean, if you don't believe in yourself, who is? Exactly, bro. Exactly. So um, he was going toe to toe with people like Jordan Lucas. uh, I think it was another uh, rapper named Don Q. That kind of didn't, they didn't really end up working together, but I mean, hey, it happened. They both got their recognition. So one of the beefs I thought was very funny and uh, I guess ends up full circle because they're cool now was this whole Drake beef. Uh, And it was, you know, everybody started comparing them just because when Tory got popular, he's singing, he's rapping. Everybody knows what Drake does. He's a singer. He's a rapper. You know, they both claim Toronto and stuff like that. Um, And it started, I guess, Tory just complimenting Drake saying that, you know, he's a fan. He likes his stuff. Uh, Even back in the day, I think it was 2010, he issued out a whole challenge. He was like, hey, Drake, listen to any of my music. If you don't like what you hear, I bet, which I know is not true. Basically saying, if you hate anything that you hear that came out of my mouth that I wrote, I'll give you $10,000. But uh, Drake didn't acknowledge that. Like he it just kind of passed. Uh, and then, you know, he was giving them uh, praise on Take Care. Uh, he said that he thought Take Care was a great album. He said that Drake had paved the way for Toronto artists. And then it was when he started getting popular, 2015, people are really starting to look at Tory, where uh, then he wasn't so complimentary anymore. And I think that kind of showed to where Tory was in his career. Like he, well, he was playing nice. He wanted to get into the game. Now he was in the game. He wanted everybody to respect him more than he was going to respect the people. Well, yeah, I and I think Drake is one of those big artists that you have to, like, kind of kiss up to, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I don't want to say he didn't respect him, but what I feel like he said, I know y'all y- y'all got y'all's awards, y'all are good rappers, but I'm one of you. And I think uh, people discounted him because he sings. And Drake didn't have to do that anymore because he kind of proved himself as well because people thought, I mean, people still think Drake's soft. But um, Drake was just like, mm, Drake wasn't solidified for a, a while. He was seen as a good rapper, but people weren't really calling him the goat or number one until he started calling himself that. And I think Tory kind of followed in those footsteps. I also think when you're in that situation, like, He's probably thinking his music's really good and he doesn't understand why other people aren't seeing it either and just yeah. getting caught up in that. Yeah, why is his rec- recognition not as high or as better if he thinks his his creative output is better? 
Yeah, I mean, I can't fault him for that. He's his number one fan. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Drake and uh, Tori go back and forth, and, uh, you know, eventually it comes all the past. Uh, they even go on Quarantine Radio 2020. Who cares? I just wanted to mention that uh, that comparison because I think it would be remiss not to because I really do think that Tori followed uh, Drake's footsteps once he got in the game. He was very follow the rules, you know, showed his talent and everything. And then once he got that one hit, the say it, the love or whatever, he put on the bravado. I'm aware to ice. I'm number one. Yeah, I'm a better rapper than you type of thing, which is what Drake had to do to get his respect in the end. I think Tori just wanted to do it a little faster. <laughs> yeah. So then uh, Tori's making good money, getting more popular. He released uh, Chick State. Chick, I don't know how to say this. He released he released this uh, thing called Chick's Tape Five. It was a part of this series. This was like um, 2019. That peaked number two. Um, then he uh, releases the new Toronto Three, uh, April 2020. That peaked number two overall, but number one on the rap albums. So the thing is, he's he's releasing albums and he's making them. Uh, successful a lot of people just do the singles but uh he's actually he's getting decent streams he's getting decent sales on his albums yeah it sounds like it. i'm really surprised i haven't heard of him i guess i'm not in the rap game yeah 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 i was gonna respond to that <laughs> i didn't know what to say because <laughs> i was like is it the rap game <laughs> <laughs> i'm not editing that out i'm leaving uh, that in <laughs> Okay, so anyway, it's a common phrase, you know, we say it. It's one of my favorite songs, by the way, More Money, More Problems. So he's getting popular, he's selling albums. Let's go through a little timeline of things that end up happening. So first thing, uh, we're going to rewind. 2016, Tori was uh, doing a concert in Texas. He states that there was a problem with uh, promotion or something. Uh, the article uh, basically, in The Guardian states that uh, there was an issue between security and the venue and things got out of control. Uh, Tori's on stage yelling, fuck shit up and tear the place up. And it starts a riot and everything. Um, then you have another situation, 2017 in Florida. He's riding a Rolls Royce with, I guess, a security or his driver. He gets stopped for an expired tag and dealer plates which I don't understand when you have money. I don't understand how you don't see simple things like that. I, whatever. It's just um, one of those things where I'll do it later, I guess. They have all day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, what do you mean? <laughs> don't tell him how to spend his day. Oh, you better he go got that things to do. DBMV, whichever one it is over there. But um, so he stopped by the police for these uh, dealer plates, expired tag or whatever. When they search the vehicle, they find a concealed um, loaded weapon. Uh, they found about, they said about less than 20 grams of marijuana. And uh, he doesn't have ID. Just your average day. Like he doesn't have a license and he was driving. So, well, the good thing is, I, the thing is, I looked 
for the result, the resolution in this case, all I could find out is they ended up dropping the charge for the weapon. I don't know what happened to the marijuana. Something tells me that they probably didn't even do nothing about that either. But, you know, that's good for him. Okay. So then we moved to 2019, getting more recent. This is where uh, some of the, you know, putting your hands on people. But it's we don't know. He has an alleged confrontation, uh, alleged altercation with a reality star. This reality star's uh, his name is Prince Hardy. He you don't know him because I don't know him. <laughs> he, <laughs> he he's from this show called Love and Hip Hop Miami. I know all about the Love and Hip Hops, but the funny thing is, I never watched Miami. As soon as I came out, I knew I was never watching it. But uh, apparently, he got into an altercation with this guy. It was at uh, this club. They said um, Prince basically says that he's there. Uh, he sees Tori. They start to get into it. They get closer. Tori hits him with a closed fist. Says Ooh. that his uh, Tori security breaks them two up and then proceeds to attack him. Now, the funny thing is, that's what Prince says what happens. And after that night, the club releases a statement and says, well, our security broke up Prince and Tori Lanes, and we have a zero tolerance towards violence. And both parties were asked to leave. <laughs> So uh, nothing was done for a while. And then a year later, September 2020, like a year and no, 11 months after this happens, Prince ends up filing a lawsuit. He says that he accuses Tori of assault and battery, intentional infliction of emotional distress, and he asked for an unspecified amount of damages, which we know means a lot of damn money. Is he a rapper? This Prince guy? Yeah. I have no idea what this Prince guy does. Like a promoter, model, influencer type dude. What's his name again? Prince? Prince Harty. I think his middle name might be Michael. It's H-A-R-T-Y. Are you about to look him up? Yeah, I am. Because, <laughs> okay, if he, it doesn't really matter. I'm not even going to look him up. If he is well, a rapper. now I'm looking. If he is a rapper, that's just like, you know. His street cred, like I feel like every rapper needs their street cred, and that kind of you think you should you should have took that punch. Yeah, like take it. <laughs> I I I would. I'm not a rapper. I'm not a. Uh, my street cred's not there, so oh I probably God, would sue too. I'm being a little punk. I was like, take that punch, bro. But, but he is something. So I don't know. I was just wondering if he was a rapper or not. Now I got. Here's the thing. Do I got the wrong name? It's not Brim. His first name's Prince. I know that's right. Shit. <laughs> so uh, that's what happened um, from November 9th, uh, November 2019 that carried on with the lawsuit finally being filed 11 months later, September 20th. In fact, they ended up having a little snafu with that, with trying to serve him the papers. And I guess Tori acted like he wasn't himself. But what's curious about this case is that it came up again not exactly this case but this person because it's one of the reasons why i felt like okay well we might as well do him if he was doing some more stuff because then what uh earlier this week he was accused of hitting prince again or prince accused uh tory of punching him in the face again uh he even like posted a photo on instagram he had like a little i guess a little bump on his chin cheek Okay. It, look, it looks weird because it's like 
Well, he said he filed a police report and named Tori as uh, the, the suspect. But what I can't keep wondering is how the hell do y'all keep meeting up and you keep getting sucker punched? <laughs> they must run in the same circles. Yeah, I don't, that sound, sounds like an asshole thing to say. But I just wonder, like, do they got beef for history? Because neither one of them kind of speaks about the other. They just say the incident happens and what happened. But they don't say, hey, yeah. I took his girl or I, I cheated him out some money. That's why he keeps attacking me. Like, I don't know. It's kind of weird. But uh, and then he even said that he might do another lawsuit. Uh, Tory didn't publicly speak out about this, but I guess his camp is saying that, you know, Prince is obsessed with Tory. He didn't do that. He wasn't even in that area type of situation, which is like, who the fuck do you believe after this happens twice? Like, who's punching this man? A ghost? Yeah, someone's punching him. Somebody's punching him. Or he's punching us. No, I ain't gonna put that in there. Take it out. Breathe it out. I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> All right. So now uh we're talking about the print situation that happened this year. Uh let's just talk about 2020 specifically. Now, this was supposed to be Tory Lanes' year. I think it was really supposed to be his breakout year. Uh, minus the pandemic happening. And then, ironically, even with the pandemic happening, he still ended up using his creativity and his mind to Tory, uh, I said to Tory, to turn <laughs> it into something positive for him. So uh, basically, start of 2020, I think right time, right moment, right marketing. He had the number one rap album. That was the new Toronto Three. Um, one of the biggest songs that everybody kept playing what's popping by um james harlow he came out with the remix everybody was talking about tory's verse said he had the best verse everybody was playing that it was on the, on the radio constantly um and then when everybody was locked down in their houses he came up with quarantine radio did you ever even hear about that i did not you didn't hear about quarantine radio no i've I guess I was disconnected from everything. You say you say you really plugged into the to the to the blacks, and I don't believe you, bro. <laughs> I don't believe you. You're not really plugged into us, like you say you are. I, I just think I don't know if I said that, but <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think I've like really been into rap lately. I think that's what it is. No, you just can't, in our culture. <laughs> I got my own Mexican culture. You've got to do it your own things. But <laughs> so um, he came up with the premise, Quarantine Radio. Basically, he was doing talent shows. He was doing booty shaking, you know, telling jokes, doing interviews with celebrities. It was just getting real popular and everybody wanted to be on it. Had he a lot was of doing s- booty shaking? No, basically, oh. it could have been. I, I saw both celebrities and just regular girls, you know, regular girls who either claim to just want to be on the live sometimes they were strippers sometimes he had people on his side of the camera dancing so honestly he did it all types of ways but yeah he would have town shows like that uh just singing just talking whatever but uh some of the i guess celebrity guests you know they said uh fabulous was on there lizzo diddy uh trina and then of course megan the stallion so we're heading into summer his streams are up higher than uh, they've been. And then all that shit went left. Hot girl summer. <laughs> it was hot. <laughs> so uh, July 12th is basically when everything happened. I remember being on the internet 
um, probably because I'm always on the internet, but I remember being on Instagram and seeing the live that I'm about to talk about now, which was basically Kylie Jenner, Megan Thee Stallion, and Tory Lanez. They were all on the camera. They were in the pool, you know, talking. Uh, they seemed a little drunk, uh, you know, having fun, whatever. And everybody was talking stuff because, you know, they were all popular in their own right. When you see all your faves in, in a video, people get excited. They talk about whatever. They're not all my faves, but, you know, a lot of people like all three of those people together. Uh, not me. But uh, they were all on live having fun. Then hours later, that's when the TMZ report comes out saying that, hey, Tori got arrested. Meg was uh, injured. They got stopped by the police. And it was like a bunch of jumbled information, but nobody had a real story. So everybody was just putting out their own stories. You know, the jokes came, the memes came. And the funny, well, the interesting thing was, I remember being on Twitter when people started doing more of the memes. And so many people were kind of on the side of, well, maybe Tori was protecting uh, Megan. Maybe something happened and Tori had to have a gun because when the report first came out, nobody said anything about a shooting that it wasn't really known like that. And yeah. everybody was saying, well, she, she was bleeding in the video. Then it was glass. Then it was, they didn't know. And all this other stuff. That's yeah. When it first came out, I kept hearing that. Oh, it's glass. You can see that it was glass. And yeah. And then what I kept thinking is where's the glass. Yeah. And people were defending Tory Lanes, and I'm like, mm-hmm. who is this guy? Why, why, why do I keep hearing his name? At initially, when he's arrested, he was just charged with a concealed weapon. Um, they detained. There was four people in the car. You know, Megan's friend at that time, Kelsey, uh, a dude named Quan, which I guess is either Tory's friend or security, either or both, whatever. And Tory. So uh, three of them were detained. Megan was taken to the hospital, and then it's kind of radio silence after that. Nobody says what the hell happened. Everybody's kind of in suspense. So um, Meg's producer, uh, this is his name. Don't judge me. Lil Jew made the beat. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> he uh, tweeted out, uh, he tagged Tori and said, count your fucking days. And then that's when everybody started going crazy. Like, oh, shit. Like, what did he do? It must be Tori's fault. That like people were kind of already suspecting that, but when you see somebody from her camp kind of sent that, it was like, oh yeah. So he says counter days, nobody still says anything. And then July 27th, which is ironically Tori's birthday, that's when Meg first goes live. Uh, and she talks about the incident. She does not say who shot her. She doesn't really even go into deep detail about it. She's more vulnerable about the process of actually getting shot and moving on from that with the people around her and being kind of emotionally vulnerable by having not having her parents with her because Megan lost both of her parents and she lost her mother recently when she started to really gain her popularity. Yeah. So that's what happened on July 27th. She, you know, she talks about how she got shot in her, in both of her feet. She had to have a surgery to get like uh, the bullet fragments out of her feet and all that and all that and how she was healing. But it wasn't until she went live August, 2020 that she says straight up, that Tory shot her. In fact, I have the quote here. Would you like to hear it, Red? I would love to hear it. 
Oh, the language oh, is perfect. Makes life. August 20, 2020. Since y'all hoes so worried about it. Yes, this nigga Tori shot me. You shot me. And you got your publicists and your people going to these blogs lying and shit. Stop lying. End quote. I love it. <laughs> um, and then I watched the video because she really does say it just like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and this, nigga, this nigga Tori shot me. So he was saying he did not shoot her. Yes. So, so it's his uh, word so, against his. Yes. Word against his. So we'll get. So we'll, we'll just fo- fast forward to uh, Tori's part. So Tori. So all this Instagram back and forth tweets. She got shot. There's bullet fragments. She ends up changing the story because, yes, the police report does initially say that she has she uh, it was glass. She cut her foot or whatever. So uh, the LAPD wasn't initially looking at Tori until all these Instagram posts and these details come out via social media. So it was then October 8th when he was formally charged. Um, He got charged with one felony count of each assault with a semi-automatic firearm and carrying a loaded unregistered gun in a vehicle. Um, So then right after he gets charged the day after he tweets the truth will come to the light and a charge is not a conviction i I saw that one yeah so all this is alleged still yeah um but i did see him tweet that and then like you know people were commenting under it or from the post i forget where it was but you know, a lot of people were in his corner saying, oh, you guys don't know what happened. You weren't there, which is true. We weren't there. But it's just, I don't know. It's just yes. weird that, so that I'm a- she would blame him and it not be true. But it yeah. is alleged right now. Yes, allegedly. But here's what's kind of, I'm going to tell you what, because uh, then uh, October 20th, he goes live. And then I'm going to explain what he says on his live. And then we'll talk about why some of this on both sides does not make sense. Okay. Okay. So he goes live October 2020. Uh, one of his quotes is, um, I'm not here to bash this woman. I'm not here to come down on this woman. I have to, oh, he said, I'm not here to disrespect her or to throw her under the bus. But when it comes to a certain standpoint where I can't let my character be assassinated for things that are not even really true. So then I watched uh, about 19 minutes of this live. Uh, He basically goes on to say that after the incident, because, you know, he doesn't really regard it as a shooting. He says after uh, he said two days after he was going to make a statement, he says when he's thinking about making the statement, he gets a call from Rock Nation, which is Megan Thee Stallion's um, management. And this is alleged as well, because nobody can confirm what he's saying either. But um, he says that. He was going to make a statement and Rock Nation says, well, it would be in your best interest not to make that statement. And he's like, well, OK, he he basically doesn't do anything. So uh, then in the life, he starts to poke holes in her life and her story where uh, Megan was talking about how she was shot on purpose with harmful, malicious intent. Uh, she was walking away and then she was shot at. 
And he starts to poke holes, basically saying, well, what do you mean that um, we were having an argument or a confrontation and you had your back turned and you know somebody was um, and you know who was shooting at you and you knew that they were trying to shoot at you maliciously or something like that. And then he goes on to um, say that because Meg also she deleted them in the end, but she posted pictures of her wounds. They had stitches. Uh, they were kind of in the healing stage, but she ended up posting pictures of it. And he started poking holes saying, well, those wounds don't even look surgical. Like that's like, where did they dig out the bullets? Where did they do this and that? And I found that interesting because ain't none of us doctors. How the hell you know? How the hell I know? We don't know. And then he criticized um, the picture itself saying, well, she wasn't in no surgical room. You know, you can't even take pictures of a surgical um, procedure. That's legal. And I kind of felt like, the pictures, because um, even though it was deleted, you know, go on Google Images, you could find them. I kind of felt like it was like a checkup. It didn't look like that was when it happened. And no offense, I don't see Megan taking out her phone after somebody close to her just shot her and taking pictures of her foot either. It definitely looked like it was a checkup picture. So I kind of thought, OK, that didn't make sense. But I kind of feel like he's just a gaslighter, like. Thank that's kind of what I was getting to. It's like he's telling us how he feels, but he's not telling us what happened. And he's just telling us how she's wrong. The what's his face with Prince? Yeah. Um, the same thing right there. He was trying to say this never happened or it wasn't me. So yeah, you're just obsessed with me. I wasn't even there. It seems like he kind of has a history of doing this where he's saying this is not really true, this is not happening. Yeah. And even though it's only been a couple of um, incidences, it's these types of incidents where it's assault and battery involved, where you don't get a lot of chances like that to. Um, to what do I, I guess you don't come unscathed from those scandals when you put your hands on people. Yeah. And I mean, that one wasn't even his hands. He shot her. Maybe he didn't mean. Oh to. yeah, I was I was talking about the Prince situation again, but yes, yes, you're right. <laughs> the, I, I think it was possible, but then when he the Prince thing wasn't blown out of proportion. Uh, apparently, a lot of people just brush it off, but when this happened, yeah, I don't think there's a lot of forgiveness with a lot of. I think people are uh, forgetting about it, but I don't think people are really trying to genuinely be in Tory's uh, circle in his corner. I think if they think it's a good look, they get some popularity or some clicks. That's why people are working with him now. But I don't see a lot of people genuinely working with any, with him right now or in the future. Yeah, Made in the Stallion seems to be the person that's more popular right now, that's more hot right now. So I feel like people would just take her side too. Mm-hmm. Back to the live, he's talking about how nobody's in his corner. He doesn't feel supported. He's talking about how um, he's never been somebody who has domestic cases. He's never been anybody to hit on women. Um, He's never had abusive cases with no woman. And you can't pull those type of facts uh, up on me because I don't have those. Now, the ironic thing about him saying that is that after that live, uh went viral people were like oh so that that's what you think and they started digging up on his past so on a showbiz 
they have this old Twitter post from like 2017 where this girl is basically implying that she was with Tory Lanez and he was abusive. Um, Basically, her quote goes saying that I've been dealing with a physical, verbal and emotional. She's been dealing with physical, verbal and emotional abuse for the past nine months from someone you uh, a lot of you look up to and even idolize Tory Lanez. Um, She said that I've done nothing to this man, but showed him genuine love and support, even when he's constantly humiliated and embarrassed me in public. Um, She said, I never once disrespected him until today when he pulled up at my house and I have moved on, but he refused to accept it. He says, if I can't have you, no other blank can and all this other stuff. And she feels that her life was at risk. Now, the thing is, this is back in 2017. And it's kind of, it's, it's very, um, what do you, it's like a live journal. You know how you talked about that Neve episode where it's live journal. Things are very, people post things, but it's not verified. Yeah. It's a situation where this came out way before the whole Megan situation. But it wasn't really paid attention to, and nobody can go back and get the real story, and he's denying it. Like, when he was asked about this, um, because this was posted after the live happened, then the blogs uh, found out everybody was digging into it. The Shade Room, one of the most popular Instagram gossip blogs, posted that old thread, and then Tori goes into the comments after reading it and says, uh, on my dead mother and on my child, I have never seen, met, or spoken to, or even know this person. Which, I mean, what what could you say? What, would you say anything else? Especially I, when you're already in the fire, when something like this comes out? I, I feel if she had any evidence, she could back that up, though. Like, I mean, a picture, something. And I understand that, but it's also like one of those, like, um, I don't even think people cared. I think they just wanted a ha ha. They wanted to show that he, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's just talking out of his ass because something tells me, uh, cause the thing is that post went viral in 2017. So you tell me Tory Lanez didn't see that post 2017, just left it alone and then it comes back again because you don't forgot about it. It's not in your brain right now. You you sit there and you stay strong. You're like, yeah, I don't do that type of stuff. That's not me. That's not my. And then this comes back out and you're like, well, I don't even know him or her or whatever. It could be true. He could not know this person, but it's very convenient because that's it's, it's, it's an MO. He wasn't there. He won't tell you what happened, but he didn't do it. That's true, too. Prince, Megan, and then you got this big question mark on this. So I just thought it was very weird because Tori, Tori isn't isn't like some of our other subjects where he was basically a consistent, decent guy for a very long time. He just wanted to rap. He just wanted to sing. He just wanted to be known for his skills, his creativity and who he was. And then he got the fame. He got the money. Okay, you can you can pass on the concert thing. I kind of just brought it up to show you that, you know, it, it was a small roadblock. And then you can pass on the um, getting stopped 
about the registered unregistered tags and stuff. It's just when now you're pushing the envelope and it's getting worse. It went from, okay, concert thing. A lot of artists have uh, a lot of concert situations, riots, uh, security going haywire, concert goers going haywire. Okay, you can scrap it. A lot of people been caught up with drugs and guns. Not a great thing, but in this industry, it's 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 like it's like having a rainy day. Whatever. Yeah, it's not that it, big of a deal. It's just every year he escalates higher and higher to the point where okay, something something's up with you, or maybe you're losing control, or maybe people aren't checking you, and because you keep um, taking. The escape route of, yeah, I didn't do anything and I don't have to explain myself to you because I didn't do anything. It keeps you uh, out the fire, but he couldn't do it this time. But he is constantly trying to um, put seize a doubt in Megan's story, but he won't say the f- full story. And the reason a lot of people would say, OK, he's barred from it because he did go back to court. He did try to get a motion passed so he could talk about the case like um, Megan does. But uh, the judge put a kibosh on that. Uh, Basically, it was February of this year, February 25th. Uh, The judge ruled that Tory is not permitted to speak publicly publicly about the alleged July shooting. Um, His lawyer, who is Sean Holly, the only reason why I can always remember her name is that when uh, Lindsay Lohan was going through her phase, she was her lawyer. <laughs> she was her lawyer. So I always remember Sean Holly. I just thought that was interesting. She holds a special place in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she was like, it's kind of unfair. We're just kind, we're just trying to do what Megan's able to do. She's able to speak freely about her piece. We want to speak our piece. But I don't, I don't know if the courts know something that we don't know. Because the real, because if you're thinking like a human, it's like, well, yeah, she's the victim, but why can't he speak about it? What evidence is there and what do they not want him to say? That's That's when the conspiracy theorist in me takes over. Objection, speculation, your honor. That is, I mean, I feel like that happens in all court cases where they do put a gag on stuff and be like, you know, you can't speak of this. But Megan doesn't have that. Do you think it is because she is the victim of this case? It could be. I mean, I don't know if she doesn't have it completely because she did delete those photos. Maybe her lawyer or someone told her to delete those photos. Yeah, but those photos are on here forever. I feel like she, I think she did it like most people do. Um, You know how you have something on your mind or you want to show somebody something, you want to tell somebody something, and you know once it's been up there for a little bit, the the message has been received, so you just delete it. You don't want it on your history. You don't want to think about it no more. You just want to send out the message. She just had to because the hoes kept asking. Yeah. (laughs) I know y'all hoes so worried about it. That's not funny. But yeah, I, I just think it was that type of situation. But I also, before I get more into the story, here was one thing I did wonder about. So the story is um, they had an argument and she doesn't want to argue. So she gets out the car and walks away. And then he, I guess, was like, yeah, like he didn't want her to leave. 
and this is where we get fuzzy as well because people a lot of a lot of people were source <laughs> a lot of people kept saying he said dance bitch before he fired and i got a problem with that because <laughs> i didn't hear megan say that okay that is like one of those old western movies where they shoot at your feet and exactly like, like you know what? you gotta jump around and like dance dance and- yeah that was what they were saying like on um they said that on like variety they said saying that on uh et online i was like what, what? but she never said that on lives but anyway but that wasn't i am like just his- picturing him in a cowboy hat now and like a poncho and five foot three yeah it's not funny like it's a very traumatic thing for made in the stallion but i don't hear you but let's just the dance bitch took it too far like i was really wondering why they said that but um the conspiracy theories what i was thinking about okay she she got shot at from further away but they got pulled over so they were all back in the car. Okay. But they are all intoxicated, I believe. Yeah. I mean, I, I get the situation and she didn't tell him because of the whole, um, you, you know, the the nation was in an uproar. There was like a, around the time that whole thing happened, there was about two other black police related shootings that had just happened so yeah, she said she was scared, and that's why she didn't say all the details. Am I, I making this up, or in the video I, was she naked? No, uh, I think they were in bikinis. Okay. The girls, but what what puzzled me is that where did the shooting happen, and then who persuaded who to get back in the car? Like I just I don't know. Is I think that's also another reason why I wanted to do this episode is that you you just want to talk about it because some things just don't you, it don't make sense. I mean, none of the stories make complete sense. Not saying anybody, not saying Megan is lying. And I know Tori's lying because he won't even, when he had the chance to tell us, he just said, I didn't do it. It it (laughs) is very fishy. But when you're arguing and if they were drinking and you're in this heated situation, like, you know, you shoot someone on accident or it, it looks to me like it just raised her. Like it did not really go through her. I'm not a doctor, but you're in the situation where shit is just going to happen so fast that you don't even know what's going on. Like, I think it was probably ricochets. I think it could have been like she was shot at and it was bouncing off of the, the ground or something. And it just got in her foot. Cause no matter what, I know Megan didn't shoot herself and yeah. there's three other people in the car and nobody wants to speak about it. And they weren't even going to file charges. And Megan didn't even speak about it for like a good 10 days. I don't know. It kind of just blows my mind because you, you ain't heard of something like this happening in a while. Like people getting shot, people getting charged with assault and battery, but nobody actually knowing what exactly happened that night. It's just a whole bunch of allegations, accusations, and don't you lie and don't you lie. And I'm not lying. Why are you lying? And your team's lying on me, but your team's lying on me. Yeah, a lot of sloppiness. Very sloppy. But um, so the one other thing before we get into like the closing the whole situation, do you think he could move on? One of the things I thought was interesting is, you know how I said in the beginning, uh, he was going to make a statement two days later 
after uh, the incident happened with Megan. Okay. So apparently after the shooting, it's rumored that during that point, Tori was calling a lot of uh, Megan's team or associates and her, her own phone herself texting like he was sorry. He was drunk. He didn't mean that. Um, I guess trying to offer people money and all this other stuff. And I just thought that could be possible because why would you, why would you want to make a statement two days later after that incident? What was so significant after two days or you realized you weren't getting the breakthrough. Nobody was going to have your back and you knew you had to say something, but then you low-key kind of got threatened and you got scared. That That's possible. But so uh, it hasn't been pretty. Uh, so he released Daystar, named after him, uh, September 25th, 2020. Um, that's the anniversary of his mother's death and uh, her birthday. Uh, the, I, I will say the good thing about it is that he did uh, say he was going to donate a, pro, a portion of the proceeds to uh, Brianna Taylor's foundation um, and to some other foundations centered around violence against women. But his, it, it really didn't go past that. So he released Daystar. It had a good peak but it didn't stay that way. It peaked number 10, which is the lowest his uh, any of his albums had peak at that time. Um, and then, like I said, his streams, they said June 2020, his streams were 30 million. They said after the Megan shooting, they took a track of it. They said Nielsen and the, the MRC data they said then it went around to 9 million streams. He, like 40% drop. Yeah. That is huge. That is. I mean, I'm sure a lot of those people who are Maiden fans or could have been his fans and they just stopped. Yeah. The, and the crazy thing is when that came out, <laughs> somebody was, uh, he disputed that. Oh, he was like, nah, I'm still getting 25 something streams and all that. But then later claimed that now they're, you know, they're kind of blackballing me. They removed all my songs off the playlist and stuff. And I was like, so which one is it? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's true, though. I think, do you think that's fair? I, I'll ask you that. If you're accused of a crime, if you've put your hands on somebody, black or white, singer or rapper, do you think your music should be shadow banned, should be removed? <sighs> okay. It, he is innocent until proven guilty. That I know true. in the public opinion, that's not always the case. I don't think, like, in future cases, I know we have to do our tally one day. Like, you know, they had the whole mute our tally thing. Mm. And I think right there, he's been, he's like, has he been convicted? Has our tally been convicted? Yeah, he's in jail. Okay, yeah. He's been he's got convicted. A few, I, I think he even has more cases, unfortunately. Sorry, that was a brain fart. He's been convicted. Um, so now we can like, you know, mute our tally. I, I don't know. I, I guess it is fair. That's my whole thing to go around. It is fair. Um, there's enough evidence. I think that he shot her or something. So you think it's okay if it is, if his music gets taken away? I do. I'm, 
I kind of, I really think it's, it depends on the listener. Every listener has a chance to listen to him or not. I don't think we should promote it as much, but if you want to listen to it, listen to it. Okay. 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 I don't know. Um, I, I'm going to be a punk and not say yes or no. Because <laughs> it, it, it's so many factors that you got to think about. Because that's what that's why my answer li- kept changing back and forth. Because as I'm speaking, I'm just thinking of all these factors. Like, mm-hmm. well, this person, you know, did this, and this person did that. So I don't know. It's just a hard situation to think. Like, should he be banned on stuff? Yeah, because it's you got it's it's like their livelihood is how they make money. Yeah, but it's also like. Well, I don't know. It's just so hard. Why? I don't know why you had to do that. So <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, we don't know why you did that. And in the case, in the case, still hasn't moved forward. Like since that February twenty fifth ruling, um, everything's just pushed back. You're just waiting for something to happen. And I, I don't see this moving on for another year. And I didn't want to wait that long. You know, kind of get some of these people off the wait until we have to circle back. <laughs> yeah, court cases do definitely take a long time. But, I would I wouldn't be surprised if they find a way to settle. Um, but it's a criminal charge, so I don't know. Oh yeah, this I don't know. And th- you you don't know what you want. You because the thing is I'm not really for the prison system. So you, oh yeah, send them to jail, but and then what? <laughs> <laughs> they don't do nothing at jail either. They're terrible there. But yeah, uh, just close this out. I wanted to do Tory Lanez because it just seemed like he was a talented guy who had been through some hardships, had a a tough childhood because you, you lost your mother and then you go through this anger phase and then you find something to throw your creativity into and it becomes your passion and it becomes your focus and it becomes um, a great money maker for you. And then you start making that money, you get noticed, and then shit just starts going downhill because even when you're making the right decisions, you're not, you're not making all the right decisions. I, yeah. I feel like he, he was very cautious when it came to his career and not so much his personal life. That is true. And it could be that he just, like, people get wild when they make money. Don't let me get $2. It. <laughs> <laughs> it truly changes people um do you think he does have a future though um okay so he released another album called playboy march 20th yes it it peaked 76 overall Ooh, so definitely fell i think he has a future i don't think it'll be anything close to what would have happened if at least um, July 12th never would have happened, okay. you know, because the thing is, he still got, he's unfortunately still got a lot of people on his, I don't want to say unfortunately, cause you're right. It's innocent until proven guilty, but I think he's pretty guilty. <laughs> <laughs> That's he's your still, opinion. He's still got all these people who are willing to work for him and work with them and, and, and support them. And the human part of you is like, yeah, you don't want nobody to, um, not have support and not have love but um you also feel like if you do something wrong you 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 want them to be able to have those consequences to pay for it yeah and i think that's why everybody um 
no no offense with the language likes to shit on them on the internet is because they don't see nothing getting done on the courts and they just you know people on the internet you're not on there sometimes as yourself and you just love to bring other people down about any type of situation it could be something that your your favorite artist is going through something that you went through and like you said public opinion the court of public opinion is guilty always first it is um i kind of think he does have a future i don't know i feel like it the whole situation has been treated as a joke like i see more jokes about it than really anyone taking it seriously and i think exactly that has to do that maiden was not seriously hurt i mean you know she's performing again she's doing what she's doing and if she was seriously hurt it would have been a different issue but since it was just her foot you don't you don't you you think it's just because she was she got shot in the foot that's why they ain't taking it seriously i think so i think it's because she got shot in the foot it's not a serious injury like she didn't lose a toe or something it then it would have been taken more seriously but right now it's like something that people really laugh at like if you make a meme or a joke about made in the sailing being shot on the foot, like there's really no backlash for that. And it is a traumatic experience to her, but I don't feel like people online or people are really focusing on that. So I think he has a comeback in store. I kind of feel like he's seen as a joke though. I mean, I think right time, right place, right song. Uh, Yeah. He'll probably be back in it. Um, but yeah, and, I don't think anybody takes them as seriously as they did before because it's a way of um, equalizing you or humbling you if they think you're you're coming out of your league. Like he he says something and he's on a roll and everybody's liking him, and then oh, like okay, let's say he's a comedian and he's he's back on stage since everything's happening. He's killing it with the jokes and everybody's laughing. And then there's that lull of quiet right before he goes into the next joke and then somebody just yells out did you shoot somebody that is true i think with all of our previous people you know you see those comments on their stuff where it says it brings up their past it's something that he's going to live with but it's not something that he can't really push away and people are quick to forget i think Mm. this is not a career ender for him you think you think you you ever see like um you ever think megan would forgive him maybe i don't know i don't know the whole situation there i mean yeah because everybody said like like i don't know the situation like they said that they were dating not themselves tori has implied it megan says it's not true blogs have implied it friends say it's not true so i don't know what that situation was because some of those pictures before that incident happened, it looked like, you know, they, they could be dating, but maybe they were just good friends. They and so that talking. brings, yeah, it could have, that could bring a whole different layer to that whole situation that night of what happened to make him snap or that ghost snap. All righty. Well, I feel more educated on Tory Lanez. I guess I should probably listen to a song or two of his. Yeah, you should. It was I, a rough I don't know, one, but we got he might be a it. foot shooter, you know. Well, I feel like can, it's, it's been tainted. Yeah. Well, this is what you should listen to. You can listen to say it. And then after you listen to it, just listen to If You Love Me by Brownstone, because that's all it is. <laughs> it's the better <laughs> song anyway. Um. So 
we're going to switch gears. We always try to end the episode with a positive note by saying a form of entertainment that we like that connects to us in some form or way. Um, I think I went first last time. So do you want to go first, Katrina? It doesn't matter how old we were when we discovered this. Doesn't it can matter. be today. It can be tomorrow. It can be yesterday. Okay. I didn't know if we actually put like, it had to be like a childhood thing. Cause I've been going to a lot of childhood stuff. Maybe, maybe I need to work out some things. So <laughs> I was going to, I'll, I'll talk about the office. I, I love the office. So basically I was in college for the second time. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was sitting next to this girl and she was one of those um, glasses half full and sunshine and happiness and rainbow types of girls. She was very positive. And uh, I didn't really talk to her at all for some reason, but we always sat together and she would always talk about the office, blah, blah, blah. She loves it so much. It's so funny, whatever, whatever. And I knew of the office. I know who was in it, but I wasn't watching it. I think I was like 20 something. 21, 22? No, I was old. I was 23. Um, so I was like, whatever. And then um, this girl just stopped coming to school. I ain't never seen this girl again. Uh, and so I was like, well, let me honor my friend who uh, was never my friend who maybe died and start <laughs> watching The Office. And so I was sitting on the couch. I opened up Netflix. I picked a random episode, like a season three, season four episode, started watching and it killed me. It was hilarious. And as you know, with me, when I find something funny, I have to tell everybody you were already watching the office. So F you, I didn't appreciate that, but um, I ended up getting my sister on it. um, And that is the greatest achievement I've ever had because this sister that I'm talking about does not like anything I bring to the table. She hates my music. She don't like the movies I like. That's a lie. We like a lot of the same movies if they're black movies, but if they're not, <laughs> she ain't messing with <laughs> uh, But it was just so great because uh, I just love sharing things with uh, my sister. And so we watched The Office when we we're together. We quote it. Um, it's my favorite show. It's her favorite show. But to be fair, I did uh, stop watching it for like a year or two because I was watching The Office every day. Like I was coming in from my job. Let's pick. Let's go through the gamut of episodes. Like I was doing that like every day. And I, I don't think that was healthy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I really did love The Office. If you want to know my favorite episode. Okay, it's a cop out to say dinner party, but it is. But my favorite, favorite episode that's not that is um it's the it's the one where uh Pam uh, is Oscar comes, I can't remember the name of it. But Oscar comes back uh after his vacation and being sexually harassed, and Jim and Pam hide Andy's cell phone and he goes crazy and punches the wall. I love it. It's my favorite episode. Well, that is a good one. But yeah, Dinner Party definitely has to be the best one. Oh my gosh, just the CD playing moment alone. <laughs> and she grabs Jim's hand and twirls and he he's giving her nothing. <laughs> yeah, and the episode you're talking about is called The Return. The Return. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. I like that whole segment because that's when uh, Dwight quit and then came back. I think that's season three. I think season three was like the best season of them all. Season three was a great season because that's when you had, you know, the integration, the merger. 
Yeah, The Office for me was something that I heard about, like when it was still on TV, like new episodes. But I did not watch it just because it was way overhyped. I always heard people talk mm-hmm. about it. And once everyone's talking about something, I hate it. So <laughs> that is true. Oh, yeah. and our English teacher, he was obsessed with it. And I we knew about it from then, but we I, we still weren't watching it. Because yes. you remember he had he had the poster by his desk. So it it is something that I'm glad I watched. It's a great show. I mean, everyone loves Office now. Yeah. There I've met two people who didn't really mess with the office, but it's okay. They didn't have souls. I've met someone who says, you know, oh, I don't like the office. And then you know, a few months, a year later, they're like, oh, I do like the office. It's, it comes to you when you're ready. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> Maybe. Um, you're next, sir. I know. I guess my form of entertainment this time is going to be a book. The book is Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, which is actually know. a play. Um, it's by Edward Elby. I love that book. I'm trying to force you to read it. I don't think you ever did. Well, here's the thing. Um, I did read it. I read a good 10 pages. <laughs> it is just one of those things like like the office to dinner party episode where, you know, it's just a awkward, horrible thing that two people are having to deal with. If you haven't read it or watched the play, I suggest you do. I think there's a movie too. The movie wasn't as good. Um, but I'll I watch just, the movie. <laughs> for some reason, I love plays or movies or books that have to do with awkwardness and fighting. I think that's why I really like Malcolm Memory. It's just about fighting. Virginia Woolf, it, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf, is just about you know, this couple being so crazy around this other couple and fighting and like, you're like, what's going on? And it's so weird, but I love it. Um, I think I love it so much because for some reason, when everyone's miserable, that's like (laughs) when I'm in my happiest, (laughs) another one of my toxic traits. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that's my form of entertainment. I haven't read it in a while. I keep seeing saying read it and it, I guess it's a screenplay, but I have it in, you know, the book form. Mm-hmm. So that's mine. It's one of those things that I used to read all the time and I have it in a while. So I will probably read it soon again. That's one thing that I wish I could do. I can't reread books that like that. I have to just read another book because I can uh, already know what happens. And so then what will happen is when I start rereading it, I'll be like, well, let me just skip to my best parts, my favorite parts. <laughs> And then it just kind of <laughs> takes the fun out of reading the book anyway. So you might as well crack open a new one. Yeah, there's several books that I've like reread so many times. And I don't know. It's just, I like to read stuff at different times in my life. I think a book that I read at 18 versus 22 versus 25 versus now at 27, it just hits me different. And oh I my. like it or not. That's true. It don't work when you watch when you be reading Danielle Steele at 11 and shit. I ain't about to crack that open at 27. I mean, you could. Give me, that, give me that Zane. You could. I think you would be amazed at like how your perspective on certain characters have changed. Yeah, but those are just nasty books. I was just a nasty child. Alrighty. 
I think you can tackle that in therapy. That long- <laughs> um, that is all for us today. Unless you got anything else to say, Katrina. I'll always be better next time. Always better. We're always going to be striving to be better. Um, if you want to reach out to us, you can follow us on Instagram. You can write us an email at our Gmail account. Both of those are save your sorry, just like the spell, the podcast is spelled. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, that is save your sorry, but the your is spelled you are instead of the actual word. And if you want to give us a dollar or two, it's save your sorry at Cash App. So dollar sign, save your sorry, spelled like the podcast. That's yeah. all. We'll see you guys next time. See ya. Adios. Bye.